Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I uh, want to talk about uh, resurrection life here tonight. And uh, we're going to go to John 11, which is a very famous uh, passage of Scripture about the raising of a dead man. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not under death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. So when he had heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. And then he said in verse 11, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. And Jesus said to them, playing Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Always a positive guy, Thomas, you know. <laughs> so when Jesus came, he found that he'd already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said that your brother will rise again. Martha said, oh, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He said, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of the God, who is to come into the world. When she said these things, she went away called Mary, her sister. Okay, so... Then you come down to uh, <clears throat> verse 34, and he said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept, and the disciples said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have also kept this man from dying? And Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who is dead, said, Lord, by this time, in the King James Version, he stinketh, uh, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said that, didn't I not say that you would, if you believe, you'd see the glory of God? When they took away the stone from the place from where the dead man was lying, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died bound, came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, loose him, let him go. What, what a story. What an amazing day in the life of Jesus. So it begins, it begins with saying a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. And his sisters, Martha and Mary, send to Jesus and say, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Well, that's, that's an astonishing point right there. Just, just to understand that they understood Jesus still loved him, even though he was sick. And so 
we cannot interpret God's attitude towards us by what is happening to us. Just because you're sick doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Just because something is going wrong in your life, just because a bad thing has happened to a good person, doesn't mean that God has a different attitude towards you than He had yesterday. He has a covenant of love and that will never, ever change. And so this is Martha and Mary who are very, very different sisters. And uh, we'll talk about that shortly. But they say, Lord, He whom you love is sick. Now Jesus is a long way off and they're sending messages to Him like on His text messages on Twitter, on WhatsApp, on his Facebook page. Jesus, come. He whom you love is sick. He whom you love. And this is also a really uh, awesome thing to note is that it's not he who loves you is sick. He whom you love is sick. You need to understand that God's love for us is the basis for his activity in our lives. Not whether we love Him or not. It's not based on our merit. Grace behaves in a totally different way. It's like you cannot earn God's love. You can't say, I've been a really good person. Lord, you should love me so much. That's not how it works. I love you because I decided to love you. I love you because I loved you first. And we love Him first. And we need to remember that when we are dealing with, with unlovable people. I don't know if you've got them down here in Adelaide, but... I don't know if you heard of haters, you know, like, golly, you know, but Jesus said, I, you know, I'm going to love you first and then I'm anticipating that you love me back, but I've got no strings on it. If you don't, that's okay. I'm going to keep on loving you. And that's how he wants you and I to behave to everybody, that we first love, that we don't wait until they spruce up and clean up and become great people. And then we say, oh, we like you now. No, we got to love people when they're, uh, I mean, everybody has a deal, right? Everybody's got an issue. I don't know hardly anybody who hasn't got a weird thing in their life. I mean, not you, of course, but that person next to you. Whoa, what? Uh, they're so weird. And, and they, they need your grace. They need you to extend some grace to them. Then you have the EGR crowd. Extra grace required. And uh, they're really... They just test your patience all the time. And so you just got to be the person who loves them. Well, Jesus was that towards Lazarus. He whom you love is sick. We can bank on the fact that your love is for real. We're not banking on Lazarus's love for you because that's kind of fickle. We're banking on your love for us. And because of that, we're making an appeal to you. He whom you love is sick. Okay, so Jesus hears that news and he decides, hey guys, fishing's good here at Lake Galilee. The Java's good, good cafe here. The baristas are hot. You know, it's just, let's stick around. Let's stay. But they're saying, but Jesus, the sisters are sending you notes on pigeon legs. They are sending faxes. They've got couriers coming, bringing in special mail. We need to go. He says, mm. I'm not into it. I just want to hang out here for another couple of days. Just because Jesus takes longer than you want doesn't mean he isn't going to do it. Just because he is holding off doing what you want him to do, getting, you on your, getting him on your schedule. And sometimes we try to manipulate God. We try to maneuver God. And my Lord, Martha and Mary, 
That's, that's a story. She is a God manipulator. Martha is the one who tries to get God to do all kinds of stuff that He will not do. And so now they're saying, come, come, come. And, and they're not really in a state of faith. They're in a state of desperation. And, and so they just said, Jesus, you got to come down here. He's so sick. He's nearly dying. And so Jesus comes. Now, as he's, after four days, he, he turns up and, and, and it's a mess. Everybody's weeping, they're crying. And Martha, she comes running down the pathway when she sees him, wagging her finger at him. So you are a very, very naughty Messiah. If you had only been here four days ago, this would not have happened. If only you had been here. Oh, that if only faith. It is like the most useless faith in the world. If only I hadn't married him. If, if only we hadn't had those children. I decided not to have children. My children are taking it pretty bad. Uh, you know, it's like... It's like, it's like the if only's in your life. You got to get over that. If only we hadn't invested in that property. If only we hadn't put the money into with that partner. If only we hadn't gone to that place that day. If only we hadn't spent all our money on that. If only we hadn't bought that house. If only we hadn't gone into business. All the if only's. Listen to me. They're all opportunities. Your past can be rewritten if you put Jesus in it. You can rewrite your history simply by putting. Jesus in the middle of it. And there are, some, there are some things that have happened. I know young girls who got pregnant, they got children, and they, they, they're thinking, oh, my life is over. It's a mess. And I know others who have gotten cancer, and they think, if only I hadn't smoked all those years. And people thinking, if only, if only, if only. Honestly, it's an opportunity for God. Your problems from your past are an opportunity for redemption. Redemption is making a bad thing good. And so He can take your worst mistakes, people, and turn them into your best thing in life. The worst thing that you've ever done, the worst failure you've ever had, it can become your mightiest victory in this life. And you will find that that's where God's glory shines. When I'm weak, that's where I'm strong. Paul didn't talk about how strong he was. He talked about how weak he was, the mistakes he had made. My Lord, when I started, when I started to be a preacher... I was asked to be a youth leader. And on my opening night, kind of first thing, uh, they gave me 10 minutes. You got to preach a message. And I preached like the most rip-roaring message you could ever have heard. It was unbelievable. And I thought, my God, this is going to be incredible. I've seen all these other guys who are preachers right now. I'm going to have such a big altar because so many people are going to come. I said, anybody who wants to come to Jesus, you stand up, come down here now. Come on. This was in the middle of a revival too. I was leading, we were leading a lot of people to Jesus. About We led maybe 1,200 people in the first year I was saved to Christ, just personal evangelism. But on an altar call, I thought, you know what I'm going like, come on. Not a sausage came down that aisle. Not a blinking sausage. And I'm going, God, maybe you got the wrong guy. I'm pretty hopeless at this. He says, thank you. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Half of what I do around the world these days is altar calls. And thousands of people come down. And I know it's not me. I'm useless at it. I've proven to God and everybody else, I can't do it. 
When we started a church, I was 23 years old. I, was, I had 15 people from the previous church. It was a combination, like seven from this one, eight from this one. We entered this town called Littleton, which is 3,000 people, just the port of Christchurch in New Zealand. And it's a hill where nobody's gone from that town over to the hill into the city for many years. It's all pretty much an ingrown little community. And, uh, and, and God sent us there. And, and we grew that church. From 15, it exploded to 30 people over three years. I mean, my God, people were ringing me up. How are you doing that church growth thing down there? So amazing. I, I was so discouraged. I thought, God, can't I even grow a church? I mean, and, and I'm sure he didn't want it to grow too much. or He wanted to keep it small just to limit the level of damage that we were, we were doing to those poor people. I, I'm not sure what kind of horrible sins they had committed for God to have judged them like that and sent us, sent them the Pringles to practice pastoring on their, on their lives. But we learned so many lessons in those, those early years. And then, then the Lord said, go to Sydney. And it grew. It just started growing. I knew this is not me. Since it was in churches start all over, it's not me. It's Jesus. Because He, he works through your weakness. You might, you might feel like you're a hopeless father. You might feel like you're not much as a mother or a wife or a husband. That's, that's a huge opportunity for you. Because the anointing can come on you. That the power of Christ might rest on me. Paul said, I glory in my weakness. That the power of Christ might rest on me. Where you have failed, that can be your greatest strength, friend. Right here tonight, say, God, I bring you my weakness. I'm not ashamed. I'm going to say, Lord, I've messed up. I've, I've blown it. I, I have failed in these areas. I want to see your glory make up the gap. Get inside the holes in my life and actually fill them up with the power and the glory of God. And you'll find that'll be your greatest area of success in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering here tonight. Woo. So here's, here's Martha running down the road telling Jesus, you should have been here. And uh, I mean, she's just like that. She's a rebuker of Jesus. Uh, you find her in, in that other time where, where she's kind of house proud, uh, Martha. She, she dusts the cheese inside the fridge. She's very, very meticulous about everything. She's looking out over the over the, the window ledge, nervous all the time in case Jesus pops in because he does that. He just turns up and, and I'm not ready. And, and, and so she's just always like that. And then one day, here he comes over the hill, but he's not alone. He's got like 70 people traveling with him. And she's going, oh God, he's coming. And so she runs inside and here's Jesus walking towards and she is like lightning between the kitchen and the dining room and the garage. She goes out in the garage, she rolls out all the trestles, puts up all the trestles, you know, and then gets all the tables on, runs out, gets all the Irish linen, the best linen. She goes, she goes there. Then she gets all the cutlery, gets forks like this. And she's put on potatoes in the kitchen, uh, boiling up. She's kind of peeling all the potatoes, 
pulling turkeys out of the freezer. She got a chicken. She got a roast lamb. Puts them in the microwave. They're all going around. She got steam going. She's making gravy. Runs upstairs. Gets on a nice little dress. Puts on her uh, flats because she, you know, needs to put on a high heel. But takes them down with her. And and she's she's got to put an apron on. She puts her hair in curls because that was those days. And uh, curlers, she's got all these curls. She puts her wrapper and puts a little makeup on. Ah, runs down. Now she's going back to the kitchen, getting all this stuff. And she's running. It's like, like lightning. You can't even see her. She's moving so fast. And, and so then one of the, she's going across. She realizes Jesus has arrived. And so she's running. She goes, and she looks through into the dining room. And there's Mary. Mary's just sitting there. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I praise your holy. She's singing. She's, she's singing. She's worshiping while I'm working. I don't know about you, but when you're working hard, and somebody else is just kind of goofing off, oh, man, that's, that just stretches your attitude, doesn't it? Oh, like, oh, it's like, what are you doing? You could be helping me. Here I am out in the car park directing all the cars in New York. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're in there. I'm down here looking after all these little demons, I mean, children. And you're up there. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I am sweeping out the kitchen, getting ready for the, and all you guys. You know, it's like if you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to be involved in some work. And, and there are some people who are not into it. They're just, they're just kind of a creative, melancholic, reflective Young adult type, you know, like, I'm creative and young, you know, and so I don't know if I'm an adult, but anyway, it's, it's like just seeing somebody else not working who should be helping you because it's your sister and they're not. And, and, and Jesus is sitting there letting it happen. How many times have you prayed, God, make them help me? God, make them give me the money. God, make them buy the house. God, make them. It's trying to make God make somebody else do something that's not really their will. It's called, it's called, um, oh, what do they call that? Uh, which, which, uh, we, uh, no, it wouldn't be called witchcraft. Would Using spiritual power to manipulate other people. You know, but, but it's, it's like, here is, here, here is Martha. And her response is not say, Mary, get off your lazy and come out here and help me. No, she's on to God's case. Lord, you command her that she comes and helps me. And Jesus goes, Martha, Martha. Look, if he ever repeats your name, duck. It's, it's not going to be good. Martha, Martha. Oh, God. You're so anxious about so many things. You need to buy Phil Pringle's book, Peace. That's what he said. It's in the Hebrew. And I was like, you need to de-stress, Martha, because your stressed out attitude is killing you. And it's wrecking all your relationships with people around you. Relax. We don't need turkey, especially the pork. We don't need that. We're Jewish, remember? And... We don't need the chicken. We don't, 
what are you doing? All of all the linen. What are you trying to do? It's okay. Just toast and coffee, you know, cup of tea, glass of water, be fine. It's simple. Life is simple. You don't, you, you, you're trying to impress me. What? Settle down. It's all okay. Everything's all right. Well, Martha just starts. She's got big black mascara lines going all the way down. All the curlers are falling out. She's got flour on her face, gravy everywhere. You know, Not a good day. But she didn't figure it out. She didn't learn. So now Lazarus is dead. She's stressing. Oh, God, if you had only been here. You don't get God to move by rebuking him. Invite him to rebuke you. That's a way better idea. Talk to me, Jesus. Where am I missing it? Help me. Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Okay, he, he goes to her and he says, look, you got faith for the past. If only you had been here, you could have fixed this. You got faith for the past. He says, listen, I am the resurrection life. She says, I know. I've been to C3 Bible College and I know what's going to happen. You're going to raise everybody from the dead on the day of resurrection. He says, well, I'm not talking about future faith. I got faith for the future. I got faith for the past. He says, no, I said, I am the resurrection right here, right now. Saying you got faith for something that's going to happen out there, that that's, doesn't mean anything. Saying you got faith that it could have happened like this, no, that doesn't achieve anything. I want you to believe the right now. Bring your faith into right here, right now, in these next 10 minutes, and believe that God could do something for you if you got a bad shoulder, if you got some problem in your, in your physical frame, or you got some emotional difficulty, or some relational problem in your family, financial problem, whatever it is. In the next 10 minutes, let's believe God together. Because miracles still happen. Miracles still happen, people. Right here, right now. Right here, right now in this meeting, in this place. And so, and so <clears throat> Jesus goes to the tomb and he says, roll a stone away. Martha still doesn't get it. She says, oh, Jesus, it'll stink. It'll she, she doesn't like bad smells in the house. And i got to tell you, miracles are messy. I love miracles once they're over. It's, it's like getting the miracle is, is a journey. And the Bible says the working of miracles. It's not like they just happen like that. you got to work them. And uh, well, a number of years ago, I was in New Zealand at a, a youth conference, which over four nights had about 25,000 young people in it. And uh, on the final night I was there, I had a word of knowledge. Uh, I just knew there's a girl there with a bad problem in her ankle. And I said, there's a girl there, with, a young girl with a problem in her ankle. She's 15 years old. And this girl came out of the aisle on crutches. She's going like, and I thought, oh, golly. No, my heart sunk on the inside. I was hoping for something a little easier. And... Uh, <clears throat> And so she comes down, and there's the steps uh, coming up. And, and I said, come up the steps. Uh, and you, know, I just, that's, you get kind of bold with this, that gift. And so she goes, come up the steps. Why don't you come down? And I said, come up the steps. And uh, as she's coming up the steps, uh, this, this thing comes on me. It must have been the spirit of Benny or something. And I'm like, I reach down, and I grab the crutches, and I throw them away. 
Now, I'm not normally flamboyant, but that was, that was a Benny moment, that's for sure. The sister, I throw the crutches. And uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's like, like this. While I'm throwing them away, I'm going, what are you doing? I said, come up here. You're going to walk across the stage. So she goes, oh, 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 oh. And they had all these pastors there who were overseeing all these youth groups. And, and they saw me walking this girl who started crying because it was hurting so much. She goes, oh, oh. She's trying. And I walked her back. It must have been the longest three minutes in my life because I thought, no, I've got a miracle for this girl. I just got to keep working it and so we kept on going and she go oh. well I was losing the crowd like flat out all starting to fold their arms and thinking who is this mean man they were like my god that's crazy and uh and so we're going across going across and then she says like after about three minutes she says oh you know it feels feels kind of all right I said really let's go for a run she go oh 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 I go oh god and then, it took a little shorter. She just, after about 30 seconds, she said, oh, you know, she's feeling, she's feeling better. I said, all right, go like this. And she went, she went, ah! Everybody go, oh, 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 oh. And then she said, oh, you know what? It's, it's feeling a little bit better. And so she starts going like this, and then she's dancing around. And then all the people go, oh, praise the Lord. I said, yeah, where were you like two minutes ago? Bunch of unbelievers. Because people think, you know, oh, yeah, let's work miracles. It's, it's challenging. I mean, I could tell you story after story like that of how difficult it is to go through that moment because a lot of people just give up. Oh, it didn't work. You know, like, oh, it doesn't work just because you say a little prayer. You got to actually take steps that you couldn't take before. You got to move into it. And so Jesus says, roll the stone away. Now, he could have, massive power Jesus has. He could have gone, stone. And the stone like this. But he didn't. He said, you guys roll the stone away. You got to do what you can do. And he'll do what you cannot do. So you got you to do some rolling. You got to do some rolling away. And he says, I thank you, God, you've heard me. I love this. I thank you, God, you've already heard me. So that means, friends, that Lazarus was alive behind the stone. It wasn't like he came alive when Jesus said, all Jesus said was, come out of there. Come forth. In other resurrections of the dead, he said, rise up. But he didn't say that with Lazarus. He says, just come out of there because Lazarus is walking around inside the tomb waiting for somebody to roll that stone away and to hear Jesus say, come out of there. There is a miracle waiting for you in your future. And all you got to do is be rolling whatever that heavy weight is between you and a miracle, roll it away. And the power of God will come and touch your world. And I'm telling you here tonight, whatever that stone is, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's an offence, whether it's doubt, whether it's a grudge, whether it's something, roll it away. How do you roll away? You just say, I forgive them. I let it go. I'm not going to hold on to that any longer, even if it's a grudge against God. 
All right, whatever the, whatever the feeling is that I, I don't think God's going to help me. I don't think God's going to move. Roll it away. Say, God's going to help me tonight. God's going to come through. Once you create an environment, a world of faith around you, the power of God can come in and touch you. And you need to understand that the power of God is not nothing. It's something. Jesus felt power go out of Him. And a woman who touched Him felt the power come into her. It's not like it's nothing. It's not like it's a mental uh, overcoming of a situation. It is an actual power that travels in a meeting like this that can come into your world when you have a, a faith attitude on the inside of your mind and heart. And when you say tonight, I'm believing God. How many of you need a miracle in this house tonight? Raise your hand if you're saying that's me. I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Just stand up. Don't be embarrassed. Take a step, at least a little step. This is just a minor step in working that miracle. I want all of us just to pray and to believe God. I want you to reach your hands out if you're near any of these people right now. In the name of Jesus, I command. And as Christ comes in to this meeting tonight, when we invite Jesus to come into our dead situations, when we invite Jesus to come into our, our lifeless situations, when we ask Jesus to come into our sick situations, that here in this meeting, by the power of that awesome name, in the name of Jesus, the name that heals every sickness, that forgives every sin, I'm telling you, there are miracles in this building and the touch of God is upon you here tonight to set you free in the name of Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au 